Hallelujah. All right. Father, Lord, just speak through me. Holy Spirit, help. Amen. Amen. So what I want to talk to you guys about today is we're going to be jumping into a new sermon series next week, and I want to kind of set the groundwork for it, uh, but we're going to be calling it basic training. All right, so we're going to go back to the basics. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to get simple. What we're going to do is take simple things that uh, maybe we didn't quite understand and present it in a new way, in a full and rich way. Things like grace and faith and love that maybe you haven't heard from a proper perspective, a new revelation of those things to train you and equip you on how to walk them out instead of just see them or know about them, right? Most of you guys have seen a gun. You know about guns, right? But if you go to basic training, you actually learn how to shoot one, right? That's what you do. So we're going to equip you during this time. And so I wanted to lead into that. I don't think that we can get properly equipped and get proper revelation unless we have full understanding and a foundation for understanding. So today I wanted to jump into the topic of who is the Holy Spirit? Now, some of you guys might say, well, I already know that answer. He's one of the three godheads and the Trinitarian triune, right? You got lots of theological answers for that that other people are like, I don't know what you're saying, okay? But I wanted to talk about not just who he is, but actually equipping Holy Spirit in your life of having him and what he does for you available. And I think if you don't understand the proper relationship between you and Holy Spirit, you're gonna have trouble actually jumping into what's available for you. And, and so, first of all, I, I just want to make this very clear. His name is not the Holy Spirit. Does anyone understand? We always, and that's just a cultural thing. We always say, the Holy Spirit. Well, we don't say the Jesus. We don't say the, right? We can say the Father, right? We, the Elohim, right? But he is Holy Spirit. That is who he is. That is his title, his name, all right? And so I want you guys to understand exactly who he is in your life because I think that we get a wrong relationship perspective. Does anybody know who I am? Anybody? Oh, there you go. Somebody knows my name. All right. I have a name, okay? My name is Ren. My title is pastor, okay? That's my title. That is uh, my relationship title to you. When you're in this room, who am I to you? I'm your pastor. My name is Ren. To my wife, I'm her husband. The husband. That actually works. I'm not the Ren, but I am the husband, okay? Okay? I'm just glad she's calling me it, okay? Like I'm doing, right? 21 years and she's still claiming me, so we're all right. All right, so uh, I, I, got, I got a child back there. His name is Caleb, and to Caleb, I am his father. I am his father. So I am her husband. I am his father. All right. But do you know my dad? I am his son. So I am both a husband, a father, and a son. Those are three different characteristics of who I am. Of who I am. Those are personality traits of me. I have both a mind, a body, and a spirit. I am three separate parts. If you want to understand that a little bit more, people say, how can you have three parts to God? Well, it's really easy. You ever get in an argument with yourself? Come on, right? For me, it's every night around 10 o'clock. Don't eat the cake. I want to eat the cake. Don't eat the cake. I want to eat the cake. Right? Right? And I literally, and then I'll yell at myself and I call myself names. It's not nice at all. And I do it out loud a lot of times because I need to hear it and remind myself. I shame myself, okay? So, right, you have arguments with yourself. So, there's, so obviously there is a different parts to your personality. Let's put it that way. So I want to talk about the personality traits of God, the three different perspectives of God, three different personalities, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, okay? So what happens is, is I think we get skewed and we have a wrong understanding. The church has been very diligent about teaching the sonship of God, that he's our father. We've been very diligent about teaching about Jesus, that he's our salvation. 
that he came to redeem us. And those are both very accurate. But we have done a very poor job of teaching about Holy Spirit. In fact, most churches kind of just wash that under the water. They don't know how to describe the personality of the Holy Spirit, the, the relationship that we should have to the Holy Spirit. How many of you guys understand that if I start treating my son like my spouse, it's going to get awkward fast, right? He won't even let me give him a hug, so I always go for the kiss, and it just drives 15-year-olds don't like cheek kisses from their father. They just, they don't. They don't at all, and so I love it. I love every second of it. And he just knows one time I'm a lick instead of kiss. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. So, right, but how many of you guys understand that if I get the relationship in the wrong context, it's going to be uh, uh, dysfunctional or it's going to be less than glorious? Let me put it that way, all right? If I start treating my wife like my kid, how many of you guys know I'm probably not going to call her wife that long? Right? Some of you husbands are like, oh, stop it. She's going to say something, okay? All right? I don't. Wives, come on, some husbands in here, you're like, wives, like, like, you know, look, I'm telling you, you can't treat your husbands like he's the other child. You can't do it. If he says he'll fix it, he, in six months, he'll fix it. Stop reminding him. You don't have to remind him every year to do it. He's going to do it. Okay. But we need to have the right relationship perspective. So we have a good, healthy relationship with father. He's our father. We have a good, healthy relationship with Jesus. We understand who they are. But a lot of times we're like, well, what's my relationship with Holy Spirit? Now we're missing the, this is the biggest problem, I think, in the church when it comes to perspective or understanding. Because your relationship with Holy Spirit is the most crucial in your walk with God in walking out your destiny. Okay, what do I mean by that? Each one of the personalities of God had a season on earth where they were in their moment. It was their time. Okay, if you read the Old Testament, whose time was it? It was the father, right? The father figure, the, 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 the father of, of heaven and earth. It was his moment, and he ruled in the Old Testament. His personality was the one that the nation of Israel related to. They were the ones that were interacting. Father, nation, as his son. And then we read, as we flip into the New Testament, we read about this moment and this birth where the son of God came into the world where God manifested as the son and we move into a season where we are relating to the personality of God through a son. And we have Jesus on the earth as a son. Both of them had their moment where we related to God through those two personalities of God. But when Jesus left the earth, he said this, I send you my spirit, I must go so I can send my spirit. And he tells us that we are entering into a season where his spirit will partner with us. Who's his spirit? Holy Spirit. And so now we are in a season for the last 2,000 years where the relationship we have, the direct connection we have to God is through Holy Spirit. Now, some of you that are seasoned Christians go, yeah, okay. But there's a lot of you that are going, what? Okay, well, that makes sense, but... Why don't we talk about that? It is through Holy Spirit. So if we have a perspective of Jesus and the Father, but we don't understand who Holy Spirit is, what Holy Spirit does, why he does it, and how he does it, how do you think we're going to walk into our season of victory? How do you think we're going to walk in power? In this church, we see healings, we see prophecy, we see the power of God on display because we have a right perspective of Holy Spirit. And maybe some of us don't fully understand that. So I just want to give you very quickly, I'm going to run through these. I want to give you a couple of things about who Holy Spirit is and what he does in your life. Acts 2, 17 through 18 says it this way. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. How much flesh? All flesh. All right. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. So it says that he is pouring out his spirit on us. So the difference is instead of just relating to God as a distant father, right? Having him go before us or behind us. Now we're in a season where he's in us. Okay. He was distant. He was a fiery cloud. Then he became a man and now he's in us. Do you guys see that? Distant with us, in us. 
The progression was always to draw closer. Holy Spirit will increase your intimacy. It will also increase your ability to prophesy according to scripture. Now, how much, how many people prophesied? All of them. All flesh, right? So all of this is available. Some, well, I'm not a prophet. You don't have to be a prophet to prophesy. There's a difference between the office and the gift. And there's a difference between the gift and the ability. They're different things. There's three different levels. A gift means you just flow in it like a little extraordinary. And the office means that you're actually established to be it. Okay, you are declaring it so you hold that position. How many of you guys know you can be a really good person with money? You can have all the skills of an accountant but not have the degree for it or not have a job in it, right? You get a job in it and you're called an accountant. If you're really, really good at it, you just have a gifting for it. But maybe you do your own taxes, does that mean, like, a lot of people are like, I can do my own taxes. I'm not gifted for that. I'm not doing my friend's taxes, okay? And I don't have a job in it. Do you understand? There's three different levels you walk in, but to say you can't get out a calculator and do a little basic math, right? You don't have to be a mathematician to do math. Some of you are like, oh, he's talking about math. I'm checked out. I'm done. I'm out. He said math. There was math. <laughs> I wasn't ready for how long the train was going to take to arrive at Chicago. <laughs> I've never even been on a train. Why do we got to find out when trains are arriving? It's so dumb. <laughs> By the way, share out the broadcast if you're online if I haven't told you to do that. I don't think I did. Um, <laughs> so we're living in the age of the Holy Spirit, okay? And, and which personality you apply to the, your relationship changes his expression, all right? Um, so what does Holy Spirit do? In John 14, 26, and I'm just going to shout these scriptures out so you know that they're in the Bible. You can write them down. I'm not going to go over each scripture for time's sake, okay? In John 14, 6, uh, 26, and most of these will be in John, uh, we learn that the Holy Spirit is our helper, all right? He's our helper. He's our teacher. So Holy Spirit teaches us. Holy Spirit helps us. Another version might say he's a counselor, John 16, seven through eight says that the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. It is Holy Spirit that actually convicts us that we are living wrong. So when that holiness comes over you and say, I gotta stop doing that. Like I, 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 this, is, this is not good. It's Holy Spirit that's revealing that truth to you that there's change that needs to happen in your life that draws you to repentance. First Corinthians two, verses 10 and 11 tell us that he brings divine revelation from Father God. So Father God releases, Father's like the brain, and he releases divine revelation through Holy Spirit to us. So Holy Spirit is speaking the Father's words over us. And so when you receive an aha moment over your life, that is Holy Spirit talking to you, right? And, and just Christianese, like, we can't get this wrong. I want you to understand. I'm not saying you've been saying it wrong and that's why you're, I'm not doing that. We're just getting a better perspective so we can be in better relationship, right? We get a revelation and we say, thank you, Jesus. And Holy Spirit's like, uh, that's not the personality you're talking to, right? You know, I can't get it wrong. Okay, if I'm talking to my wife and I call her daughter, she's just gonna look at me weird, but we're, she's still my wife. Does that make sense? Like, just... We're just getting it better so we can have a better, deeper relationship. Because look, let me tell you what, people get wrong relationships all the time, even in the natural. And so of course we do it to God. You know, nothing, nothing probably just irritates me a little bit more than, than anything when it comes to relationship. When I see an older couple and they call each other Ma and Pa, okay, right? Some of you in here are like, oops, that's the, okay, that's okay, I forgive you, all right? Okay, I forgive you. But let me tell you this, Ma and Pa, why? Because you're identifying your marriage with the fact that you had children who have grown up and moved on to have their own children and you are still stuck in an identity you're not in a season for. You are stuck in an identity that season has passed. If your children are grown and gone, you are no longer Ma and Pa, you are husband and wife and you need to learn that that's my beloved and she is mine. The one you are with, you are in a season for. The relationship is out of perspective when you keep calling her Ma and she's your beloved, all right? Go back to honeymoon phase, bring the relationship back into its season. You're hanging on to a season that's passed. Now, when the grandkids come over, you can be grandpa, you can be me Ma, you can be grandma, hee-haw, Whatever. <laughs> Whatever grandmas are calling themselves this day to avoid the word grandma. <laughs> right? 
You got like papa and grandpa. Men don't care that much, right? Women are coming up with like 20 different, you know, they're coming up with new languages, sounds like tongues, just to call. I'm not old. I'm not old enough to be a grandma. I'm just a meemaw. <laughs> Same thing. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. <laughs> every, every grandma on here is like, I'm, I'm, I'm offended. <laughs> I'll be offended when I'm in your position too. Trust me. I'm gonna be, you don't know nothing. You wait till you're, right? I get it. I'm sorry. I apologize. I really do. I love you. I love my seasoned saints. I, are you a grandma? She's claiming it. She's like, ready. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So he brings us divine revelation because right now he's like, you shouldn't have said that divine revelation. All right. That's what's happening. All right. So a divine revelation. And then in Acts 1 through 8, I'm going to read this one. Excuse me. Acts 1, 8. In Acts 1, 8. He brings power. That's what he tells us. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we learn that when Holy Spirit is with you, he brings power. And not just power, but power evangelism in this particular scripture. Power evangelism, the ability to boldly evangelize, to take the gospel everywhere we go with power. There's a lot of people that their idea of this is to shout at you and they think that has power. That is not power. They think that if, in order to evangelize, I gotta go out there and tell you how, how much of a sinner you are. I'm not saying you can't say someone's in sin. They need to be able to see their sin and repent. But it's the Holy Spirit that convicts you of your sin, not your loud mouth, okay? You can't shout and tell people how bad they are and convince them, Right? Come on, we're in an age right now. We're in a world right now, in this season right now, where people are doing some bad stuff and they think they're right for it. And you have never got on Facebook and been like, you are bad. And they were like, I'm sorry. Right? No, block. Or, or, right, or really ugly memes get sent back at you. All right? So you can't win the argument without Holy Spirit drawing them in. So you need the... You need the conviction of the Holy Spirit, but you need to walk in the power. So if you're not walking in the power and you're wondering why they're not convicted, maybe the person in relationship with Holy Spirit should be the one to start. So walk in power and maybe he'll convict them. When you start using your relationship with Holy Spirit right instead of you expecting the sinner to do it right. Ooh. Right? Some of you guys are like, I need to apologize to my uncle. Um... It, we learn in scripture that he is also the one who gives supernatural gifts, right? The gifts of the Holy Spirit, okay? The word gifts, when it talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the word gifts is actually the word charisma, okay? Charisma. So you got Charisma Magazine, which means gifts of the, the Holy Spirit. And the reason why that word applies in English to us, charisma, we took the word charisma because you've met some people, they got some charisma, Right? I can get five people up here and have them read and say the exact same thing. But how many of you guys know you're going to be drawn to the one that has charisma? Charisma is not something you can develop. You can work on it a little bit, but you either kind of have it or you don't, right? That it factor. There are just some people that get up and they, they have this deep voice and they're, you know, they're, they're commanding in their presence. And for whatever reason, they just carry stature. They get up like uh, uh, there's just an anointing in their presence. They have charisma. So charisma is a gift freely given without repentance. Does that make sense? Does that quantify? You can't develop that. It's just, it's just something you have. So a gift is just something you are given, not because you carry something worthy of being given to. It, it's a separate thing. It's a separate thing. And so th that gift, when it says the Holy Spirit gives gifts, is he gives charisma. And the root word of charisma, or actually the, the Greek meaning of the word charisma is this, gift of grace. Gift of grace. Grace meaning that it has nothing to do with earning. So you didn't earn that ability to have charisma. Gift of grace. And the root word of the word charisma is chariz, which means grace. It is literally the root of chariz. Charisma, grace, grace given. So the Holy Spirit gives grace given 
supernatural things. They are without repentance, which means you're born with them. Some of you in here, your children, when they're rotten, you try to take away their ability to play basketball, don't you? Can you, or you try to take away their skill set to walk. Like, maybe some of them are good runners and you're like, that's it, now you can't run, I took it away. Like, you have no ability. You can't do that, can you? Well, I mean, you could like break their legs, but that's abuse. I'm just saying. They have a certain set of skills that came without repentance, that came with their creation that are independent of you. They're from you, but they're independent of you. I can't take those away. And so that's what the gifts are. And those gifts that the Holy Spirit give is very clear. We're in the season of Holy Spirit and nothing has changed. There's nothing in the New Testament that suggests at all that anything other than season of Holy Spirit has come. Or is coming. In fact, the last book of the Bible, Revelation, talks all about it. So from here to there, nothing has changed. And it says this, that he gives these, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, healing, works of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues. Those are the gifts of the Spirit. Okay? Now, how many people are going to prophesy? All. But isn't that one of the gifts? So there is a difference between flowing in it. All of you can get up here and say something about God, right? Some of you just might not have the charisma that others do. Does that make sense? But all of it's available. I want you to get that. All of these are available. So you might not operate at that level, but you have it. So some of you are going, well, I'm not equipped with that. I don't have the grace for that. I don't have the skill for that. I don't have the gift for healing. Yes, you do. You have the ability of it. You might not have the Holy Spirit-given gift that you're supposed to operate at that charismatic level of it. But I promise you, when you pray for sick people, they can get better. When you open your mouth, you can have a word of knowledge for somebody. You just might not be anointed the next prophet. All right? Some people are local government and some people are national government. Everybody's got a different level they play at. You have a different calling and purpose, but to say you're not in the game is ignorant. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says this, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So he's talking about the gifts here. Each one as he wills. So they're distributed amongst the body for different works. Because if we were all exactly the same, we wouldn't be a machine working, would we? We wouldn't be a body, we'd just all be fingers. And that would be really, really awkward if you have all fingers and no noses. Where'd you guys go with that? I don't know. <laughs> Ephesians 1.13 says, the Holy Spirit is a seal in the lives of believers, okay? And I want to focus on this just for a minute before we wrap up this morning. All right, he's the seal of the, of, on a believer, Ephesians 1.13 says this, In him you are also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So it is the Holy Spirit, it's Holy Spirit who actually seals you with salvation. He is the one that judges your salvation. He is the one that looks at you and says, did you really mean it when you said that? I accept Jesus thing, right? I don't get to judge you. But he does. So he's actually the one that says whether or not you were repentant, whether or not you were sincere in your faith. And he puts a stamp on you, a seal on you that says you are marked for the kingdom of God. All right, so you want to talk about tattoos? Let's get into it. <laughs> okay? So in, that word sealed in the word there is actually an ancient world word that means a legal signature which guaranteed the promise or content of what was sealed. So like you would have a scroll and the king would put a wax seal on it that said, this is from the king, a signatory ring. What they were referring to was basically a signatory ring that you would stamp into something to show that it was officially from you and no one could dispute that. In the ancient world, and actually in the ancient world, a lot of times things were sealed with a signatory ring they were also sealed with tattoos. In fact, most of the world religions would seal things with tattoos you'd mark on your body, 
All right, and there's one scripture in the Bible that actually says not to get them in Leviticus, um, and, but there's actually like six or seven other ones that go a different direction. And so we have to take it in context. I'm not getting into tattoos, but I, I do want to make this point really quick. That, that's not my point, but I am trying to make a point about spiritual things. Uh, Isaiah 49, 14 through 16 says this, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me and my Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. I, I want you to understand. So God says this, I will not forget you so much so that I have inscribed you on the palms of my hand that I would not forget you. Now remember what the mark of the beast looks like in Revelation is a mark on your what? Forehead or on your hand, right? Well, here we have God saying, I'm gonna mark you. In fact, Ezekiel the prophet actually told the children of Israel, right on your hand, you're, you're, you belong to God. Right on your hand, you belong to God so you won't forget, in pen, okay? That's what he told them, just mark it on your hand, in pen, that, not in a tattoo, but just in a pen, that you belong to God so you won't forget, okay? But here it is, God is saying, I inscribed you, I will have inscribed you on in the palms of my hand. So you will always be before me. That word inscribed is actually hekek, okay? Everyone say that, hekek, okay? Which means literally to cut in. That is the word definition, to cut in. It is not written. It is to cut in. So uh, the better word inscribed would be engraved, to engrave you on the palms of my hand so that God could never forget you. Okay, and I'm not talking about physical things. I'm talking about spiritual things here. I'm just trying to make that point to you. Is that what happens is, is when you write something down on your hand, it's temporary, it washes away. But something that's engraved will last forever. It will leave a scar, wouldn't you agree? And God said that I won't forget you, nor will I forsake you, so I will engrave you on the palms of my hand. The word of God also says that the Holy Spirit sanctifies us. He's the one that brings sanctification to us. He's the one that makes us righteous. He's the one that brings us to holiness. See, once gifts are given by the Holy Spirit, they're ours, they belong to us. I want you to catch this because I think this is why we call Doubting Thomas, Doubting Thomas. Not because he was a doubter, it's just that he understood that God, you said you would never leave us nor forsake us. Jesus came and he died and he left. Did you forsake us or not? I need to see your palms and see if I'm engraved in your palm. Because if you rose from the dead and there's still a mark on your palm, I will know that you have not forgotten us, but you have engraved us on the palm of our hands so on the palm of your hand so that you would never forsake us so Jesus rose from the dead brought himself back to life but kept the scars he kept the scar how many of you guys know he could have healed the scars he could heal leprosy he could bring himself back from the dead why didn't he heal the scars because that was the engraving that I have not left you nor will I ever forsake you I have not left you nor will I ever forsake you. But instead, I must go, but I'm not leaving you. I want you to understand this. Jesus said, I must go, but I'm not leaving you. You see the marks on my hands. But instead, I send one after me, my spirit, that will not just be around you, but will live inside of you and will empower you to walk out and see greater works than I have. You will see greater works. You are engraved in my palms. I cannot forget you. Your sins are engraved in my palms. I can't forget you. And Jesus left knowing that we are not left, that we are not abandoned, that we are not forsaken. But if we don't have a right perspective and understanding of what's behind, who's here, the perspective of Holy Spirit, then we will walk through this world powerless, abandoning the promises of Jesus, that greater works will we see. And see, what we do is that we miss out on so much that's available to us if we do that. And I'm closing right now. We miss what's available to us. See, because those gifts that are given to us are without repentance. They are freely given. They are given to us by grace. And this is what the word tells us. The word tells us this, that if it was given to me, I can give it to you. Because it belongs to me. It's mine. In fact, Peter said, I long to come to you and lay hands on you and give you spiritual gifts. Spiritual charisma. I want to lay hands on you and give them away. 
So Peter understood that once I own it, it's mine to give away. And that just as you freely receive, freely give. That's what the word says. That's why we come to church. That's why we get into relationship with other people. That's why we surround ourselves with Christians that are operating at a, in different things and different levels than we are. Because the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in me can leak onto you when I give it away. Freely I receive, freely I give. Even the word warns us not to lay hands too quickly on the wrong people. Don't give it away to people that are going to abuse it. That's what the word tells us. It's mine to give. And when you're in relationship with other people, when you're surrounded by other people, you get what they carry. You catch what they carry. They can give it away. So do you want to be surrounded by people that give away complaint, that give away adversity, gossip, hurt, and pain? Come on, all y'all are surrounded by somebody that does nothing but pour out that nonsense. I don't want that gift. You can take that back. Here's the receipt. I don't want that. I want to get myself surrounded by people that what they have to pour out on me is powerful. What they have to pour out on me is purposeful. That it will shape me and move me into my destiny and unlock my life. I want to get around people who carry the favor of God so I can get a little more of that favor. Does anybody want a little more favor? But if you don't pour out anything, then you're only meeting half the equation. If all you do is freely receive and never freely give, you are not fulfilling the word of God. There are gifts stored up and locked up inside of you that are wanting to burst forth for the purpose of pouring out on others that you might give them away. My life was radically changed because other men laid their hands on me and gave something to me. I don't get invited to speak because I'm the most articulate they've ever heard. I get invited other places to speak because I carry something. In fact, a church in Tulsa, they sent me a, you know, the form that asked, you know, uh, we want you to come speak and here's all the information and everything. And in bold, all capital letters, it said, if possible, we would really like you to focus on prophecy. And then the secretary called me and said, hey, I just want to make sure you saw that our purpose of inviting you was we really want you to key in on prophecy if at all possible. And of course, my resp response was this, Lord willing, I will. I'm not a monkey, okay? I'll do what God tells me to do, but they want me to come and pour out a gift that I have, a gift that ca I carry in my spirit that was poured out on me by other people. And I want to release the power of God. But if all we ever do is come here and say, I just want to do church where I sing a couple of pretty songs and then I hear a good word and I go to lunch or I get back to my roast, then we're going to miss Holy Spirit. We cannot walk through the Christian life avoiding Holy Spirit. If you do, you have not lived the full Christian life. You have not experienced the depth of his love. And guess what? Other people around you who you love will miss out on it too. If you have, if you've been in this church, I just want to drive this point home before I say I'm done. If you have been in this church and you have been physically ill and had something physically wrong with you, an injury, an illness, and you have been prayed for in this church and have been met with something that you could only describe as a miracle, that God had to be the one that did it and healed you, would you raise your hand? How did that happen? You can put them down. How did that happen? Somebody else that carried a gift released it onto you. What would have happened? What would have happened if I would have just decided that church was good for good sermons to tell you to be good people? There is a world who is lost and dying that doesn't need people to tell them stop it, be good. Because it's not working. There is a war of good and evil going on right here in the heart of our country. In fact, in a month from now, I'll be standing in Anaheim, California, preaching the gospel at a conference in the middle of California, the same place that right now is in a war for the very soul of who they are. 
the battle of good and evil is raging in California. It is a place where right now legislation says they can't worship God, but they pass legislation saying that pedophiles don't get in as much trouble anymore. They have made it easier to be a pedophile and harder to be a Christian. That's what they've done. The penalty for pedophilia has been reduced, but the penalty for worshiping God has been increased. Do you understand that if I go there and say, this is wrong, it will change nothing? You don't think people are shouting that? But if I can show up, and instead of arguing with someone, introduce them to the power of the Holy Spirit and fill them up, with the presence of God. How many of you guys understand it is the Holy Spirit that will convict them of their sin? So we believe in sin here. We believe people need to stop sinning. I just don't believe that I need to shout it at you. I believe that the Holy Spirit that pours out of me will do it for me. That my job is to love you, release the Holy Spirit onto you, and you'll solve that stuff because God will get a hold of you. You can't have an encounter of God and wake up the same. You can't. You can't get up the same. You need to cultivate communion and community with the Holy Spirit. If you don't have a relationship with Holy Spirit, then you will only live a half-filled Christian life. We need to start being cognitive that he's a part of it. Start inviting him in to what we do. Does that mean changing our vernacular just a little bit when we pray? Yes. Does that mean because you use the wrong personality of God, he's not going to answer it? No. I'm saying that you need to start getting used to and equipping yourself and understanding Holy Spirit. And one of the ways you can do that is simply by asking Holy Spirit when you pray. Involve him in that prayer. We still pray in Jesus' name. We still pray to the Father, but there's nothing wrong with saying, Holy Spirit, help. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, pour out fire. Holy Spirit, heal. He is the one that brings that from the Father, from heaven, out of us, into you. That's what happens. Does that make sense? Is that catching? The fire of God comes through him. Start recognizing that and cultivating that relationship with Holy Spirit. Father, thank you. So there are gifts in us that you carry each for each other. I, I can't get over there. So there's a, there's a, a June month, I mean a J month, maybe June or July 17th. I don't know if you're online or in this room. Just keep here. It's either June or July 17th, that's a significant date for somebody. Does that mean anything to anybody? Just raise your hand real quickly if that's you. If you're on, what is that? It's your mom's birthday. Anybody else got anything else? It's Shelby, so I'm not doing it. Um, <laughs> do, you have a, you have, do you have a good relationship with your mom? No, that's what I thought. So the, the Lord was saying this, is, I'm talking about cultivating good relationships with people, and the Lord reminded me of that date and said it's very hard to have a, a mother and a daughter relationship with somebody. Uh, when, you don't, when you don't have a good relationship, it's very hard to cultivate the right relationship, to be able to get the motherly things that you need out of her. And I actually hear the Lord say this over you, is that I want you to know this, you've been a good mother. And you will continue to be a good mother. And the example that was set for you doesn't have any bearing on what you're going to be. So let all that garbage go, Shelby. You've been pressing into the Holy Spirit, but that's still something that you're fearful of, that you're worried about. I'm not trying to call you out. I know her well enough I can call her out because uh, I know what they're walking into and she needs to just hear it. Uh, I'll be soft to new people, okay? But um, let, let me just say that you got to let that nonsense go. That lie's got to go. I just see it being ripped off you right now that that lie has to go, that you can be everything that those kids need out of a mother, that you're going to step into that role. And, and just like you were grafted into the body of Christ, those children are going to be grafted into your womb. The step, the step kids that you, you're raising, they'll be grafted into your womb. And you are going to raise them to steward the fire and presence of God. In fact, I see like at least three of them in full-time ministry of those kids. And I hear them say, how many girls are there? Four. I, I hear him say over the girls in particularly that they're going, uh, they're going to be beloveds. Like I hear the Lord saying that there's just an intimacy that they're going to learn from you on how to walk with God, and it's going to be very, very powerful. Um, is there is there someone in here? I, I know the I'm when I ask Holy Spirit for stuff, I'm asking for things that I don't know about you guys because it's very hard to prophesy over you guys when I know you because you're like, well, I told you about that last week, right? right? So is there anybody in here that has like a, a, somebody that's very close to them, very immediate family, like jo Jer Jeremy or Johnny or something like that? Is there a Jeremy? 
You have one? What's, who's Jeremy? Your son. I was going to ask, is that your son? He just moved in the house? Okay, so John moved in the house. Jeremy is your son. And there's distance between you and Jeremy, right? There's like a spiritual distance. So he's not a believer, right? So you guys do not connect. Not, not like he needs to be. I see a disconnect there. I see, um, I see a twig that's tensioned, okay? It's not snapped, but there's tension. Uh, and I see that, and I actually see him hanging on to one side of it and you hanging on to the other, okay? And so uh, the Lord says this, that I'm building up tension in his life, and I don't know what he's walking through right now, but I feel like, is he in Arizona? Where, where does he live? He lives right here? Okay, so I feel like there's tension in him. She goes back and forth to Arizona, so I don't know if that's why you go. Um, I feel like there's tension in his life. There's something happening where the Lord is pulling him back like a bow. Okay, so tension. Um, that the Lord is getting ready to encounter him. Um, and I actually see the month of October being some kind of significance for him. Uh, and so I see something happening in his life. So look for a shift. So that word, that month of October, when that comes, that'll be a fleece for him to realize that God wants to just grab a hold of him. And I actually see him being raised up and that tension being released. So I'm not saying that anything terrible is happening, but there is tension in him. Does that make sense? Do you ever wake up and you're just like, I'm just nervous for some reason. Like just something is nerving. He's in a nerved place. Uh, and so I believe that what was difficult to talk about before and to really get on the same page will become easier for you uh, as you go. And he's going to start to look to you as an example of you, as you've risen up, he's going to start looking at you and see that and want that. Come on. And so for, for Johnny, is Johnny looking for a job right now? Does he have a job or are he looking for one? He's looking for one, right? Don't tell me anything else, but Okay. Don't give me any details. So Johnny is looking for a job. I see him and he's going around and I see him going like this, looking for someone that will hand him money. Like there's, there's a need for him to do that. It, how old is he? He's a teenager, right? 17. And is he thinking about going to school? Or is he debating like whether the... I see him looking for a job and not looking for an application to school. Is that correct? You haven't talked to me about anything about this kid. I, I might have seen a post that said some new kid moved in with us. Okay. So um, I, I see this, I see him trying to get a job and he, he, there is a desire, there's a seed for him to better himself in, in further education, but he doesn't believe that it's practical or available to him. And I just believe, and you girls could probably confirm it better than she can even. Uh, maybe he tells you a little bit more than he tells her. But I, I believe that the, he doesn't actually believe. Like when I'm looking at it, I see like this 25% of him that wants to go for it. And the other 75% is saying it's not possible for me. He doesn't believe he's equipped to be able to do it. That for him, it doesn't make sense. And I hear the Lord say this, that what doesn't make sense in the natural makes sense in the supernatural. And that when the favor of God is upon you, nothing's impossible. And that he doesn't need to give up on a dream because he just, he won't commit to the dream because he doesn't believe it's possible for him. So he needs to hear that in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Father, thank you. Father, thank you. I just keep hearing old car. Is there anybody in here that like restores cars or has like a vintage car? Like a, like a cool vintage car or restores car? I keep hearing the Lord just say old cars or something to do with cars, fixing up cars or... Something in that arena. Maybe he's not here, but I don't hear that in this room. That's not who I'm, yeah, otherwise I would say it was for Russell, but no. Nobody? It's okay to claim it or to say I'm not sure. Could be. Yeah, if they're not in the room. Um, and maybe it's for the online. And I'll tell you a quick story before I just release you guys this morning. I'm trying to pour something out on you. And I want you to understand I'm not just prophesying. I'm releasing something on you. And I'm going to give you an opportunity as I dismiss if you want to receive something from the Holy Spirit. My team's going to release on you. Okay, you're going to receive from them what they care. What I've poured out to them, they're going to pour out on you. They carry it. They carry glory. But um, I feel like it's for somebody. I feel like um, I'm seeing these cars and I'm seeing like trying to strategize about what to do and I see something going on with the brain. I'm not sure if it's the right side or the left side. I get sides wrong. 
The Lord says, I'm restoring to you what was taken. And I see a box that you've placed yourself in. And you can come after me. If this is personal, just come up to me afterwards and tell me who it's for, but I'm sure of it. And it may be for someone online, but I don't think so. I didn't say the Holy Spirit said. I just said, I don't think. Okay, that gives me room to step in and out of my flesh, right? If you read the scriptures, you'll see where Paul said, this is a mandate from the Lord. And other times he says, not me, the Lord says, but me, I think. He inserted a little bit of his own wisdom, okay? But I see a box that you've placed yourself in. And you've kind of limited yourself to this box because you believe that that's the limit of your ability. And the Lord is interested in shattering your box, your perspective of yourself. And he says that box is built around your own identity. Come on, amen. Built around your own identity. And that identity of who you are is false. Online, somebody online? Okay. Actually, it might apply to a couple of people, honestly. Um, and I, I hear the Lord say this. I heard the Lord say Jeremiah. I don't know if that name's physical to anybody. If there's a Jeremiah, but I believe it, it, the Lord was talking to me very specific. Does that apply to anybody? Because I'm going to move on with what I believe is spiritual. The, the Lord was reminding me of the weeping prophet Jeremiah. And when he said Jeremiah, uh, he said this. He says, you've weeped over yourself because of the gifts of God that you don't feel like you've ever been able to express. You've never been able to step up in who you feel like. You, let me say it a different way. You don't feel like you have the same purpose or a great purpose like others. And so you feel less than. And the Lord says, like the weeping prophet Jeremiah that was just a young boy, who am I that you should speak through me? And he was the weeping prophet, like I've seen you weep over your identity. And the Lord says that he's going to give you a, a higher mantle than you believe was possible when you stop giving in to the lie that you are not able to rise up into the fullness of your destiny. And I just believe that. Do you think that word might be for a child? Absolutely could be. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. So, Father, I just release identity into Colin in the name of Jesus, the fullness of his identity. Father, over him and whoever else this applies to, because I feel like it's two or three. Um, Father, we just, we just release identity over them in the name of Jesus. I just declare purpose in them in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, you just release courage to be bold like lions and to walk out who they're called to be. That no more timidity or shyness, which is just fear in disguise, but rather walk into the fullness of who they're called to be with boldness, knowing that it's you that equips them, you that sustains them in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody in here is thinking about starting a business. As I said, you're, you, know, you need to have the boldness. I believe that the Lord has been uh, prompting you to kind of jump into business. Or maybe you started one and you really need to step up into it and I believe that the Lord is just saying you need to have boldness, the same boldness that's for maybe a couple but I, but I believe somebody that, that applies to very carefully and I keep hearing um, and Miss, wherever Misty is I'm not talking about Kat, your mom, Catherine but I keep hearing the name Catherine uh, over and over again I can't see uh, and I know we have visitors here today so I don't know uh, but I hear the I don't know why but I keep seeing this blue ribbon as I say the name Catherine I see this blue ribbon and it's just twirling around and around and, and I hear the uh, and I see almost and I'm just going to look down at the carpet here because I, I'm going to I don't want anybody to have to claim this necessarily but I see this blue ribbon and it's almost like a little girl and she's spinning around like one of those sticks with a ribbon on it and dancing around in the front yard and spinning around and, and I just see like this joy in that childhood, and then all of a sudden I see the joy gone. And I see the yard was plush and green, and then the grass was dead. Uh, and I see it overgrown. It's almost like the joy had left. Something in that childhood had left the joy, uh, and the joy disappeared. Um, and I hear the Lord say, 
that I'm calling you back to a place of fullness of joy. I'm calling you back to a place where your joy is restored and renewed. And there has been a long season in your life where uh, even though I've been a part of your life, that joy that was taken has never been fully restored. And I want to restore that uh, in the name of Jesus. You can come talk to me privately or message me online privately. Um, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to uh, embarrass anybody or do that corporately, if that's okay. But I believe that the Lord is saying he wants to restore what is taken. And I don't know what that applies to, um, but I believe that the Lord is, is speaking. Jesus, thank you. Freely you give me. And freely I received it from you, Father, so freely I give it out. I pour it out. So, Father, I just... Just do this. Put your hands out for me if you want to receive something. I'm going to have my prayer team and dismiss you. Right now in the name of Jesus, I just pour out healing. I decree that every hand that's, that's out right now in a receptive mode that needs healing in their body, Lord, I just speak healing. I speak equipping. I speak the power of Jesus, the power of Holy Spirit over them right now that your spirit resides in us, Father. And Lord, I just draw it out of them in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare the fire of God begin to pour out of them in a mighty and powerful way, that they begin to experience your encounter, experience your love, experience your presence in a new and profound experience. Lord, encounter them right now with your love, with your mercy, and with your gifts, Father. Holy Spirit, just begin to pour out on them. Pour out healing, pour out fire, pour out your oil on them in a new and profound way, Jesus. Holy Spirit, minister to them. Minister to them. Give them divine revelation to walk out their callings, plans, and purposes, Lord. Rise them up into a generation that will never say no to you, but that will resist the enemy so he must flee from this world. Lord, we declare that we are a generation set apart for you, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, in boldness, declaring your love and your truth, and pouring out on others what we freely received. I speak it. I declare it in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, thank you. Come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name. So I'm going to close with this very quickly. Altar call team's going to come. If you want to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, if you want to draw him out of you, draw the gifts that are in you, out this morning and want to receive something from him, then I would encourage you to come up. As I say, come. I would encourage you to seek after him. Every one of these people are equipped with the Holy Spirit and they operate in signs, wonders, and miracles. Our pastors, our leaders here. Father, we thank you for people that will be hungry to receive from you in the mighty name of Jesus. And so I dismiss you guys this morning by letting you know that if you didn't know before, I love you, God loves you, shalom, you're free to come and receive from him, amen. We want to pray for you. Send us a message with your prayer requests through Facebook or email and let us know how we can pray for you today. Also, let us know how this message impacted your life. I love you, God loves you, shalom.